Bernstein and Holmes, middays 10 to 2 on 670 The Score. We're just thrilled to have our color analyst tonight, Jared Payton. My mom wouldn't let me play football. She was too afraid. She said I was too skinny. I was going to get hurt. But uh, it was something that I truly loved. And my dad kind of loved anything that I did. And I just, every year, I'm a competitor. I wanted to get better. I wanted to get better. And I had to learn the game a little bit. But by my senior year, I was ready to play. Here's Jared Payton. Boy, he squirts out. Here comes Jared Payton. Jared Payton may go all the way. Wow. Cut back. Jared Payton is going to score a touchdown. Joining us on the Circuit Resort Casino Hotline, Circuit Resort Casino in Las Vegas, some of the world's largest sports book, is our friend. You can check him out, Anchoring Sports at Channel 9. You can check him out on GN Sports 1030 most nights. You can check him out styling and profiling like he's Ric Flair at NFL Honors, or I don't know, even... Even on the stage at the Super Bowl, you can also check him out there. He is Jarrett Payton, and he now joins us on the score. What's up, JP? What's going on, Lawrence? And what's going on, Big Ant? Like, let me just tell you, man, my week at the Super Bowl was, as the kids would say, it was lit, okay? I was having an amazing time and got some great interviews, but I'll tell you, I'll never take it for granted to be able to be in that atmosphere being on the field, NFL honors, and um, just being able to see two good football teams, you know, play out for the Lombardi Trophy. Every single year I've been going since 99, I'm just like, man, one of these days I'm going to be here, and the Bears are going to be here, and they're going to win this thing. And you know what? I'm going to cry like a baby, too. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it one day. What's the process like in, in getting to the point of determining the, the Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year? Because there's so many different candidates that you guys have to sift through. You get, you know, each team has their nominee. When it comes down to when you're trying to determine the winner, like it, how do you end up separating the, these kind of razor thin margins between a lot of the great off field work that guys do? You know, it's it's tough, Big Ant, because every single year this award keeps growing and growing, right? And to now be the, the the final award every single night at NFL Honors. It's it's the one that guys want to win, even probably more than the MVP. It's tough because you got thirty two guys that are very deserving of the award. And, you know, our family, my mom basically gets the vote for our family. So we kinda all get sent the, the packets from each team and we go through all the great work that these men are doing in the communities with their foundations. And then we kind of just break it down to our, uh, you know, our, our, our top five. And um, there's more people that vote other than us. So I, uh, that's the one thing I think a lot of people out there don't understand. It's not like we have the end all say all. Um, we have a vote for our family and um, there's other people that are, you know, around the league and also, you know, that do things with the league that also get a vote as well. So it, it's tough, man. It's tough, but, I'll tell you what, to see Dak that night at honors and how appreciative he was of the award, um, even though he did get booed out there from the Eagles fans. Yes, he um, did. Yeah, which which we knew was coming, man. Like, big Andrew Whitworth came to us and told us. He knew it was going to happen. We tried to kind of mitigate it, but it just didn't happen, right? And um, as much as for us to see Dak look at me when, when it happened, and sh- I shook his hand, I put my hand out there to shake his hand, and he just smiled and, like, shrugged his shoulders. We kind of know when it comes to Eagles and, and the Cowboys rivalry, we kind of knew that was going to happen. Outside of, of, obviously, like, doing something that 
continues to 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 be important to the NFL and to your family. Who were some of the people that you ran into Super Bowl week? The most interesting stuff and stories that you heard Super Bowl week. I think it had to do. I mean, there was so much, Lawrence. I, I think you know the uh, the opportunity that I have with the Man of the Year award. There's there's a lot of guys that I get a chance to to talk to, and to me, the the interesting one would have to be Saquon Barkley. Um, we were at the Boys and Girls Club, and that conversation turned into a tweet, turned into people from New York texting me, tweeting me, asking me what's going on, having that conversation with Saquon. And and it was just – I told them that I was recruiting for Chicago because people wanted me to recruit. That's Before I left, that's what they were telling me to do. I'm Listen, Bears fans asked me to do something. I'm going to do it. So I went, and the first thing he said to me was like, man, nice to meet you. I'm like, hey, man, great to meet you as well. I was like, man, I'm here – my, my people from Chicago want me to recruit you. And he was like, oh, he started smiling. And I go, well, uh, you know, what's your deal? Would you uh, you come to Chicago? I could dust off that 26. You know, Matt Suey gave him your gave him the blessing <laughs> to be able to knock it off. And he was like, man, listen. He's like, man, my heart's in, in New York. But, man, I would love an opportunity to play in Chicago. And then he was like, I go, he goes, but I wouldn't rock the 26. I would rock in the 30s because your pops. And I was like, oh, this is going on Twitter right now. This is <laughs> – this is this is going on Twitter. Hopefully Lawrence sees it, and then he's going to talk about it on his show and get the buzz going. And it did, man. And the opportunity to, to talk with him, I think that was special. Uh, also, too, just running into Justin Fields and, you know, not having a lot of Chicago media there. A lot of people were wanting to hear from him. And I was talking about him all week long, like leading up to the time that I saw him at Radio Row. And, you know, his people were trying to usher him over to the big stages, to the big shows. And I walked up with the mic and, and the iPhone, and he, he, he gave me time, man. He gave me three questions before he was moving. And the, how I knew he wasn't going to move is that his camera crew was taping me while I was talking to him. So I was like, oh, he ain't going nowhere. So I'm going to get these questions in. And just to be able to relay that back to Chicago and seeing, you know, Bears fans being like, thanks, we haven't heard from Justin and one thing that jumped out to me was when I was talking about, I asked him, I told him, I said, you are him. And, like, everybody's talking about, the, you know, that you're not throwing the ball well and that you got to get better. I'm like, do you think that's going to come as you get better skill position players around you? And he took ownership of that, you guys. And, and to me, that, that's saying something. He's like, I got to get better. And he knows he can get better. But the one thing about him and – you know, Big Ed, you and I had that conversation when we were last on the score together. We were just talking about his abilities. We know there's certain guys that you look at that you go, man, he's got some in him. Like, he's special. But not only is he special, his work ethic is through the roof. And that's how I know I believe in my heart that he is going to excel with better talent around him because that's what he did at Ohio State. You know, having top-flight receivers makes your job a lot easier, and I think you can only grow. But he's a student of the game. He's working on his craft, and that's the one thing that I never, ever question about that young man is that he's going to be the first one and the last one to leave. And you can't say that about a lot of people. I've been there before, you guys. I've been there before where I, that wasn't me. I didn't do that. But I saw the guys that were doing that, and they excelled and took their games to the next level. And I believe he has those special qualities and those abilities to be able to truly take his game to a, a whole nother level. And JP, Justin Fields has operated on such big stages for years at this point. 
and my sense not being there in person is that he he seemed comfortable now commanding kind of an NFL stage where he's he's kind of a wanted man. A lot of folks wanting to talk to Justin Fields, talk about Justin Fields. What were your impressions of just watching him throughout Super Bowl week and, and commanding now the big NFL stage? Well, I'm gonna tell both of you guys. I, I that was the only interaction that I got a chance to be able to see him big at. Um, but flip flip the script a little bit. Everybody that I talked to, I talked to two coaches that uh, that I'm close with from the Eagles and on Monday night of the uh, the kickoff night, right? And it gave us an opportunity to sit and kind of talk and reminisce, talk about old times. And when I brought up Justin's name, both guys that I respect too when it comes to their football IQs, both of them on the offensive side of the ball for the Eagles, they both just jumped at me like, yo, that dude is special, dog. <laughs> you, you just got to get him talent. You got to put more talent around him. I'm like, so you ain't worried about – Man, he's like, man, stop listening to all these people, dude. Stop. Dude is special. He's got special qualities. And, man, just watching him, he's like, just we, when you turn on the tape and we're sitting there watching, he's the conversation throughout the whole entire week leading up to the game. And I think people forget about that, regardless of uh, the, 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 the troubles or the issues that we saw in the passing game. I know, I, we all know that. The numbers kind of speak that as well. The numbers don't lie. But the fact that you hear these NFL coaches in the league talking about how special he is and that when they come to team meetings that he's the one that they talk about. I mean, you think about Justin. He was a big reason why the Bears were in a lot of games this season anyway. And so for all this talk, which I get, I understand the national media driving this whole, you know, uh, everybody's talking to GMs and this and that. And Justin could be on his way out and they could be trading him. Listen, I said this before. I knew that this game was going to be started as soon as, as soon as the number one pick came and we were, we were the worst team in the NFL record wise. I was like, okay, here it comes. I'm ready for it. Bring all, bring all the drama, bring all of the national media, start talking. And it's a part of the game. And, and for, for Ryan Poles, I understand it's a part of the game as well. You don't want to show your cards. You don't want to show your hand. And you got to be listening to every single possibility situation that's coming your way to be able to start building up a roster that is going to be able to not only compete in the NFC North, but we're talking about also representing what they can do and taking part in the playoffs and hopefully at some point being at a Super Bowl as well. So I have a column coming out in the Sun-Times tomorrow about lying season and all of the lies that get told during this time of year. Uh, and I know that you're, you're being polite because Jared's polite. But I saw the tweet, homie. Um, how annoyed are you with the concept of people talking about Justin Fields being traded? It annoys me. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I'm really, it, it really annoys me, it, especially for and I've always been and people know this man I'm a huge Justin Fields believer this was before he came to Chicago so I've always, I've been a fan man I've watched him since since high school he's he's impressed me in every single level of what he's been able to do and I know that's tough especially when you are under a microscope in this day and age him growing up where he was you know on Netflix series and all this other stuff man it's a lot of pressure but to be able to to be able to show people like, yo, with your play that you can do it, being a stand-up young man that he has been, I mean, it does. It. I want to give this young man time. I'm tired of people, national media, calling me like, well, 
The people in Chicago are upset because he said he doesn't want to play in the cold weather and he wants a dome. No, I we don't care about all that, man. We don't do. Are you from? I I told you. Are you from Chicago? That's what I was telling somebody from the national media. Are you from Chicago? Because if you're not, you don't know how cold it is here. All right. Not everybody. It's, bear weather is like. That's, it's in the 80s, you guys. Like, bear weathering, bear weather anymore. It is what it is. Like, we go out, we got to play. Guys aren't from Chicago. They're from all around the country. So a lot of guys are from down south. They don't like ask Dev, ask Devin Hester how he likes playing in the cold weather. Okay? He'll tell you. It's it's a different being. So for us to be up making these narratives, I want to give this young man an opportunity to be successful, but I also want to see him with, with talent around him and let's evaluate him that way without the last two seasons of, of seeing what he's had to do. And hopefully things change a little bit because this whole narrative of him being this running quarterback is something that we, you know, we weren't accustomed to seeing in college. It had to happen because he had to put this team on his back. I think that that's going to change a little bit. And just imagine you guys, if you do find a way to get, that offensive line right, skill position players, get them another wide receiver, the team with Mooney. Uh, you know, these things could, could really change with the RPO system and seeing what Philly did to get to the Super Bowl. you got to pick your poison the way you're going to be able to defend the Bears if you can do that because he doesn't have to take it 60 yards. He doesn't have to do that. He can get the first down, get down and go, man, I got ballers and dudes next to me that I know if we're in the red zone, they can go up and get the ball. It's going to change. And that's what was kind of the the thing I watched the the Philadelphia Eagles do going to the Super Bowl and watching Jalen Hurts ascend to the stardom that he did this past season. I think that is in the same grasp or the same reach as Justin Fields. And I don't think that uh, it's out of the norm that he can't do it. We're days away from the NFL Combine beginning here and getting into the on-field drills and everything where you know, there, there will be some prospects who start to have folks salivating about being able to either trade up with the Bears to get them or it certainly is a possibility that the Bears could stay at number one overall and take someone who they themselves fall in love with. If it is a, a Paris Johnson or Peter Skaronsky, if it is a Jalen Carter or Will Anderson, would you, would you take issue with the Bears just drafting a player at number one as opposed to trying to accumulate more picks? Ooh, big in. I like the question, my man. Uh, no, I mean, if you were staying there and you were trying to, you know, there, you fell in love with a quarterback at one and you were saying, yeah, that's the dude that I wanted. I, okay. I could see that. I, I don't see that in the future. I don't see that in the cards for the bears. There's so many holes, big mm-hmm. in. I think you, I think, no matter where at first I was all about, I don't want to move out of the top five. Right. And then that with the Panthers being at nine, that that became something to me, it comes down to Ryan Poles listening to what he's being offered. And the more picks you can gain to me, there's a lot of holes on this roster that need to be filled. And the more picks that you're getting to me is a value. And what, what's the value for that number one pick and whoever's going to give you the most haul to me, that is what makes the most sense. And if you're talking about getting like two first rounders or whatever it is, whatever it is, I want the most picks because the microscope for me and everybody's had this microscope on Justin Fields. The microscope is going to change here, and the dynamics with with the combine and the draft coming up on Ryan Poles. 
it's easy to break something down. And I've been saying this. We've all talked about it. It's easy to break a team down and to get rid of guys' household names. It is so hard to build it back up. And I think that's where my focus is going to be, is watching and seeing how he goes about building this thing back up. We all, we, I have to give him credit for being around a, a chief system that has shown us that they can do it. They can find ways to be able to draft well. Now it's, it's on him to be able to do that, and the pressure is going to be on him. So as much as the focus is on Justin Fields, and rightfully so, I think that's going to start shifting over to Ryan Poles and hopefully getting him more draft picks to be able to accumulate to be able to fill this roster. No disrespect to Big Ant Heron's, what, 99 Iowa Hawkeyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jerry, I don't know if you heard this, Mr. 305, but what? Layla and I were having a conversation about the 2001 Hurricanes. Greatest team just... ever. Greatest team ever. Big Ant, no disrespect to all these other teams. Hey, 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 to you too, Lawrence, your Bama, your squad, all those squads. All I need you to do is go to Wikipedia and type in 2001 Miami Hurricanes and look at how many over 30-some guys drafted from that squad. Look at the dudes that either have gold jackets or are going to have gold jackets on that from that squad. Um, how crazy is it? And this is just me speaking, so I know everybody has their opinion. But when I think about it, I think well, about you were on 85. the team, so your opinion matters a lot. <laughs> well, it does matter. It does matter. But I think about it was a it was a, a almost a flash event. We were we yeah we were good, and we played in every single in every single bowl game that there that's been created, all the major ones. But that 2001 season and the 85 Bears. I think about the the correlation between the two, right? It should have went on for longer. Like the 85 Bears, I mean, they, it should have been multiple championships. Like our 2001, we went back-to-back back and lost in that second one, but we should have went to maybe three or four in a row. And to, to have that correlation, I think about it all the time, and I wish my pops was around so we could kind of talk about it, of the expectations of how hard it is to be able to get to that point. And what all of us gave up, especially even the ballers like Ed Reed and these guys, what they sacrificed to be able to get to that point. And, man, I know you can't go back. Those they got some good Bama teams. you got that USC team. you got the LSU team. No, I, no disrespect. No disrespect. But when you go down Vince Wolford, Jeremy Shockey, Brian McKinney, uh, I mean, you go – I mean, dude, I mean, who else? Sean Taylor was running down on kickoffs, y'all. Sean Taylor was running down on kickoffs. Like Will McGahey in the room with you, right? With Gahey in the room. Frank Gore was registered. You got Portis out there. Like, I mean, the names keep Andre Johnson. I mean, we could keep going on. Philip Buchanan. Like, like it's it's Uh, really ridiculous. Dude, I mean, Jonathan Vilma, DJ Shockey. I mean, I mean, uh, DJ Williams. I'm like DJ Shockey. Oh man, we had it all, man. We had it all. And if if Layla wants some beef, was she on my side or was she on? No, the no, side no, of the no. Beef? We we literally w- did what you said. We went to the Wikipedia page because we we were having a discussion and we were like, this. There's no question. You can throw 2012 Bama out there if you want. There's no question 
what the greatest football team of all time is, is the 2001 Miami Hurricanes, of which our guest, Jared Payton, was a member in good standing of. So that's all. Like, we just wanted to let you know, man. Okay. That, that, I, didn't that, want, look. I didn't want beef. I didn't want beef with Layla, no. man. You know what I'm saying? She, no, she, no, no, she no can, beef. She, she can have me. She can off me or something like that, man. I'm trying to no. be on TV and radio for as long as possible. I got no, I got no problems with her. Now, what was no, that? No. An anniversary? Was that the anniversary football you were holding up in yeah, the Twitch there? This is that. This is that 20th anniversary ball, and I'll tell you what. No matter what happens or what people say, to be able to be a part of this squad and to talk to these guys and be friends with these dudes, because people forget there was opportunities for me to leave because I was stuck behind a bunch of running backs. And my dad told me, wherever you start, you finish. And I did decided not to leave. I'll never forget Barry Alvarez came to me after my freshman year. He was like, you know, you can still come back closer to home to Wisconsin if you want to. And I was like, nah. But what I learned from these guys and how the work ethic that I didn't have before I got there to when I left is something that it does, who, I don't even care about the touchdowns and the yards that I had. I learned that, and that has taken me through my walk through life, man. And I, will, I am so grateful for those relationships and to learn how to work. And you guys know I, I did this without, without my dad. I mean, there's a big reason why I started playing. He, he passed away my freshman year, so I didn't have that person to talk to when I was going through tough times. Those were my brothers that got me through. And so to be on that squad is something that I'll cherish for the rest of my life, man. I'm very, very grateful. Good. The next time that you come on, we got to have some uh, Trina and Trick Daddy conversations. Um, <laughs> see, because Jared got stories, Big Ant. Like, that's the thing. I, I, I was know. hanging with him at the I Super know. Bowl, uh, and I learned a lot of stuff that I did not know. Uh, and so we will clean it up the next time and bring it to the airwaves. JP, right. you're the man. We appreciate you. Thanks, thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate you guys, man. Have a great day. All right, JP. That is Jared Payton. Watch him on Channel 9. Yeah, that 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 dude has some stories, mm-hmm. some absolute stories. And wild time, one of these man. days, all about one of these you. days, uh, I'm going to uncrack that on the air. Like he <laughs> he gave me those stories off the air and I was like, what? <laughs> so we'll uncrack it at some point. Um, One of the things that he brought up, Big Ant and I are going to discuss, and that's about Justin Fields and trade rumors. We'll discuss that next here on The Score. Bernstein and Holmes, midday 10 to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Odyssey Station. So you've probably seen it being discussed in multiple places. I am so annoyed by it that I wrote a column about it in tomorrow's Chicago Sun-Times. Shout out to my editor, Chris DeLuca, who lets me just kind of feel my way through something and be like, hey, I want to do this. And he's like, okay. Mm-hmm. So tomorrow I'll, I'll go in depth on it. Like the, the point of the column is I get it. Like I, I know what this is. Like I went through it as a beat reporter. I understand what's happening. And the weird part about it, it one of the main points that I make is that you have to root for your general man- manager to be an expert liar. Like you have to, you have to root for the fact that he might be a dirty, rotten scoundrel. Uh, you you need him to be a swashbuckling poker player to uh-huh. to to get exactly what you need for your team. 
And, and, and I was picturing Ryan Poles at like the Casino Royale in a tuxedo, sitting across yeah. from some dude with an eye patch. He's with, you or, a tuxedo or the as guy, well. or the guy with the tear, you know, the blood right. tear that was right. the tell yeah. um, for James Bond. But everyone wants their general manager to be that. It's just, it's such a weird thing. Of well, this is just the price of doing business. He's got to lie because, and and I get it. Like I I agree that he has to. But I will say that the flip side of that is an issue of trust. <laughs> and if I know that you're that good of a liar, then I'm like, wait a minute, man. Dude, can, can I trust, I trust you? you? Right. Right. <laughs> so, you know, some of my advice to Justin is uh, watch your back. But uh, just in case, I, you've seen these arguments, the, mm-hmm. uh, the, this for and against. Well, what's... How does it reach you when you see the arguments that are made? Um, I mean, I I think we are so, and a lot of people do it in a lot of different ways, quickly wanting the finish line to be obvious and apparent because that is the simplest way to to come to answers on on situations like evaluating a quarterback or evaluating a team uh, hell evaluating a general manager like just make it obvious make it really easy for us to see it but it's so apparent that there are examples all throughout the sport throughout the history of the sport where you don't have a final answer where the finish line isn't reached on a quarterback two seasons into a career one season into a regime and an offensive play caller and so it's just, I, I think it's it's short-sighted to to be under the impression that the Bears should move on. Now, due diligence, again, I'm all for due diligence, just like I was talking to you and Dad about you know a couple months ago. Do your due diligence. In the end, I'll be shocked, and just like Ryan Poles has said publicly, he would have to be blown away right. to move off his QB. But it, I said this to to Zach yesterday when we ran for for Danny and Matt. It. To to just view Justin Fields' success this past season as just a runner, it, it does a disservice to the growth that he actually made as a passer as well. I've talked to you about that eight-game stretch that was there. I talked about it on the post-post show at the end of the, the regular season where there was an eight-game stretch between the, the, the New England game and the Buffalo game where Justin Fields was averaging uh, about 68% completions a 98 quarterback rating, 12 touchdown passes, five interceptions with a bunch of playmakers who we talked about in detail throughout the season that were not in, in the, the top two-thirds of football. You know, you, you're talking about the, the pass catchers available to him were amongst the worst in the NFL, amongst the least capable, least explosive in the NFL. So him to have that level of productivity as a passer for a bulk of the season in his first year really learning this offensive system, that there is no doubt that there is great potential for the growth that can be seen with him being surrounded by more talent. So that, what we saw, that level of productivity as a passer added to his his explosive abilities as a runner to be able to look at him for at least another season or the opportunities that are there to look at him for several more seasons before you have to make a decision on Justin Fields, on a potential, you know, all-star, top of the NFL level contract, it just it, it wouldn't it wouldn't make a whole lot of sense for the Bears to move on at this point, unless they were, to Ryan Poles' point, just completely floored, just blown away yeah. by one of the guys coming out in this draft process, which I 
you know, we'll see. Combine's coming up in a few days. I, I don't see that. I don't see a guy who you say, that's immediately better than Justin Fields, who is already a couple of years into developing as a pro quarterback. Especially when you find out that Bryce Young is 5'10 and three quarters and 175 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. That I mean, is, and and I, I think Bryce is going to be good. I think Bryce is going to be good. I do too. As long be in the as right he can situation. stay healthy. And it's yeah. very scary when you're talking about slight quarterbacks. Like very there's a, there's not just short, slight. <laughs> that is Big Ann Aaron. He is neither slight nor short. <laughs> Um, hence the name, Big Ann Aaron. When we come back, we'll have a little bit of fun and a discussion about the XF. The XFL. The XFL. Next on the score. Bernstein and Holmes, middays 10 to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. We say this with great gratitude and humility and an insane level of excitement. I declare these words as we kick off our season. XFL, let's ball out, baby! Ladies and gentlemen, this is the XFL! Well, it's not Vince McMahon's XFL anymore. It is The Rock and his ex-wife. I, By the way, I... I love that their, their impressive, relationship right? is like that. Like they're complete business partners and it's uh it's really awesome to see them continue to support each other even though their marriage didn't work out. And watching this this weekend and watching the XFL, I was watching on a plane. Big Ant, I had an incredible experience on the plane. Get on the plane. It's only happened to me once. Get on the plane. Pilot goes, so, uh, yeah. So your your flight back from Phoenix is supposed to be three hours and 15 minutes. It's going to be 2.35. And everyone's like, woo! <laughs> and then once we Party! got into the right? Then once we got into the air, he explained why. So we've got a 160-mile-per-hour tailwind. <laughs> and I was like, that doesn't sound safe. I mean, I guess you're right. already- Flying hundreds of miles an hour anyway, but are yeah. we trying to break the sound barrier here? Yeah, I mean, I, I, when he told us that, I was like, oh, I, I, it does feel like this thing is rattling a little bit, <laughs> and maybe this isn't safe. But I spent my time after I decided I'm done with the All-Star game, which took me about two minutes <laughs> to be done with that. I switched over and watched the end of the D.C. game with um, Seattle. Okay. And... Ben DiNucci was out there throwing interceptions, and mm-hmm. De'Eric King was out there not being allowed to throw the ball. Uh, so, Peter you know. Man? Was the Peterman out there? I didn't see the Peterman, okay. but I, I did see De'Eric King. Like, and you, it was 100% tell. Like he, they, they were shuffling quarterbacks, and when he came in, you knew that he wasn't going to be allowed to throw. <laughs> so, so, you know, uh, Seattle did a good job of being like, oh, we'll just – We'll just come and load up the box, and uh-huh. and you know that that that'll be that. There was something that was really cool that I saw that, and the NFL and the XFL are kind of exchanging ideas, and the NFL is asking the XFL to do some of this stuff. But one of the cool things is you get to see how officiating decisions get made. Is a forty-three second cut that we have. This is the XFL officiating crew talking through a player being ejected because he threw a punch after the play was over unsportsmanlike conduct against the receiving team number 96 
throwing a punch. He is disqualified. That 15-yard penalty to be assessed. Ensuing kickoff. That is Daniel Jones of Seattle. Yeah, so the officials threw the flag initially, and they were asking for confirmation. They saw a punch. We were looking through our different angles. We were able to zoom in on what's the all-22 shot, which shows all 22 players, and we did confirm that the punch was thrown, and, uh, and we could see it right here on my camera. Was able to communicate to the on-field crew and confirm the ejection. Had we not seen it and didn't have the video, we would have kept the 15-yard penalty, but no ejection. On-field umpire saw the punch told the referee that there was a punch. Then it went up to video, and then we got to see it. And for a while, like, this went on for a little bit, and Dean was like, I don't have an angle. Uh, because it was kind of in the middle of a scrum, he's like, I don't really have an angle. And then once he found the angle, it was immediate. So I do like that. I like that they're playing around with with the, the genre and the art. And I like that their kickoff is a little weird, where they back, like, for example, after that play – they backed the kicker off 15 yards, but everyone else stayed at where the kick would ordinarily go because you're not allowed to run down on return team until the ball is caught. Hmm. And I think that's an idea to try to make it so that there are less injuries. It's interesting. It was terrible football, Big Ant. I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you. I'm not going to lie to you. I, it okay. was really terrible football. Um, but Josh Gordon played well. I, I, I enjoyed right. watching him Good for play him. well. Yeah. And I, I'll go back and watch again this week for a couple minutes. Yeah. I mean, things like that can still end up benefiting the NFL because on the whole, there, there are only so many NFL caliber football players and athletes in the world. And so the sport as a whole won't likely – look similar to the National Football League. Well, at the same time, it was their first week of action. And now we're back to the point where there's several different spring leagues, like the NFL uh, you know, obviously just finishes, but then the XFL has now kicked off. The USFL will kick off uh, a little while from now as well. And so how many players will attempt to do some version of both? How many players you know, are biding their time preparing because they were in the USFL last year and they're going to be in the USFL when that begins again in April? The Arena Football League is looking to start back up uh, as well, and some folks have reached out to me about that. Arena Football League still owes me some money from the last iteration, but that's a separate Damn topic. Damn right they do. But I, I do think that um, you know it, it, it ends up being a situation where the, the field is watered down as far as the amount of excellence that you see, while at the same time you do find some gems on occasion. You do find some of these diamonds in the rough that will have that opportunity to ascend to the next level. But just like the opening week, of the NFL, yeah. opening week of any football league, you know, it, it, I would imagine this version of the XFL will look better a month from now than, than what it looked this first weekend out. Seeing Greg Williams yell at his assistants and being able to hear all the things that he was saying wasn't fun either. Jeez, Man. that guy, oh, he is something. You know who else is something? Parkins and Spiegel, I imagine. Very Greg Williams-esque, a... right? I wonder how yeah. many, uh, yeah. How many even times even they... to the, you know, kill the head, kill the head, kill the head. Uh -huh. um, right. They believe right. in that. I'm sure that they have a lot to say about things and stuff.
You will hear from them next on The Score. Listen to The Score for a chance to win tickets to see CBS Sports College basketball analyst Clark Kellogg at the tip-off the madness on March 9th at the Event Center at Rivers Casino at 3000 South River Road in Des Plaines. Tickets on sale at riverscasino.com. Must be 21+. plus. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. FanDuel Sportsbook is here to help you make every moment more for all of your favorite sports and all of your favorite teams. Right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just sign up by going to FanDuel.com slash Loho, place your first bet, and FanDuel will give you up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. I'm all about looking for the the, the juice on a money line bet, and I, I hate to say it, but the Bulls have been offering that to me over these last six games. Let's see what happens once they get Pat Bev in uniform. There's no better place to bet every major sport than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So go to FanDuel.com slash Loho. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started with your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. You must be 21 or older, present in Illinois. First online real money wager only, $10 deposit required. Refund issued is non withdrawable bonus bets that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 